Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Athletic. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. Origi. Minamino. 1-0 Liverpool. It hasn't taken long. Inside four minutes. Shimikas. Origi! Here's Oxlade Chamberlain. Minamino takes it on. Minamino finishes it off. Okay, red agenda time. Plenty of headlines written in the uh, Carabao Cup this week, plus another huge Premier League fixture on the horizon with Liverpool's form ominously good since the campaign began. I'm Steve Hothersall, and we push the boat out to get a special guest from the Anfield Wrapping, Gareth Roberts. Welcome along, Gareth. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me on. No problems. Love to have you here. Um, One of the things that's really... I don't know, sat in my mind this season is this chant, the Reds have got no money, but we're still going to win the league. And when you see it just repetitively thrown out there, how does it feel it's delivered to you? Um, I think there's lots of ways of looking at it, isn't there? There's one to say that it's a a bit of a pop towards the ownership because obviously uh, we were quite conservative once again in a transfer window where people thought we should be taking advantage of our position, we should be strengthening, we should have been looking at what other clubs were doing and saying, well, is our squad as strong as theirs? Uh, And then I think maybe the other strand of, of how it could be interpreted is there are a lot of misery guts Liverpool fans who basically basically say we've got no chance of winning anything this season and seem to have given up before a ball was kicked and that's sort of you know that's not in my psyche as a a supporter of the club but you know I I think no matter what you're going through you know the match is an escape and you go and support your team and you see where you end up and we've been on some amazing journeys with this club when we didn't think we could actually win things obviously 2005 but even the the nearly but not quite you know 13 14 season we we don't we don't get over the line no one expected us to be near the line though do you know what i mean it was it was a mad season it was a roller coaster of a season it was so enjoyable so i think there's a little bit of that in it as well sort of you know let's it, let let's stop griping and moaning every single day and let's maybe get behind the Reds and see where we end up. Does it bring the element of the, the underdog to the fore? And in fact, a Liverpool's yeah. a club almost a bit better with that. I think I think there is that, yeah, because, you know, it, it's a little bit to my surprise, to be honest, Steve, that, you know, so many pundits seem to not rate Liverpool, not tip Liverpool to win anything. You know, you we all saw that thing, didn't we, from the BBC, where I think it was sort of 24 pundits that work for the BBC and not one of them tipped Liverpool. So 
that gives you that underdog feel as well. And I think that there is a little bit of that. So it's, it's like, you know, it's back to the sort of like the tellers never, which was used on that um, that Nike advert, wasn't it? You know, that's that's in the Liverpool spirit, isn't it? That if someone says you can't do something, Scousers, Liverpool, Liverpool Football Club will say, well, hang on, we'll show you then. Yeah. So, th- so there is a little bit of that. And I'm sure, I'm sure behind the scenes, that's the type of thing that Jurgen Klopp is fostering as well, because... I think there've been a little. There's one or two comments that you know you get sometimes, and you join a few dots maybe. But you, it makes you wonder what gets said behind the scenes. Like I think Allison said, we haven't got the biggest squad, of course, or something like that. I think you're seeing Klopp maybe having a little bit of a moan about the transfer activity, where he was like, well, I don't know what we're going to do when African Cup of Nations kicks in, type of thing. So the, there've been little things there that say to me, and, and look, I might be talking broken biscuits, but. That maybe he said to the squad, look, no one thinks we can do it. You know, no one thinks we're going to do it. So how good will it be when we do? Let's show them that type mm. of spirit. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think the backs to the wall thing is it is very favourable for Liverpool. You, you mentioned there, Jürgen as a manager. I think that properly plays into his hands. You, you can just imagine that team talk, can't you? Or that, or that relentless conversation that he's having with them. No one picks you to win the league. No one thinks you can do it. Look at the squad. Look how far we've come within seven games. Six wins and a draw. Five clean sheets. We're on song. Exactly that, Steve. And and look, you know, Klopp knew what he was coming into when he took over the club. He knew that, yes, there would be money at times, but he also knew that, you know, they weren't going to be able to compete with the likes of Man City, even Man United and the money they spend. And, you know, Klopp famously referred to uh, Manchester United as a bit of a circus, I think it was, when he went... <laughs> <laughs> when he went, when he went and spoke to them, um, and you know, you go go all the way back, Steve. You know, Tottenham, Arsenal, Man City. I think every, uh, uh, you know, they all had a bit of a sniff around Klopp, but he, he didn't think it was right for him, and it, it felt like you know things aligned with the stars aligned with Liverpool in that we we do like to be an underdog. We we embrace that spirit. There's a bit of fight about us as a, a group of people in a city. And there's and there's the same thing about Jurgen Klopp, and I thought I think he looked at it and thought that that's the perfect environment for me to step into. That don't get me wrong, as I say, I, I still do get there's hints at times where he wishes we would spend. I think you know when we waited so long to get the, the centre halves in 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 January, I don't think he was particularly happy about that. And and obviously they they, they went sort of shopping in Lidl in the end for those centre halves rather than getting a big name in. Obviously we we end up with Canate, but. And then, and then there's what's happened in the last window. I get the sense he, you know, he's not particularly happy about that. But equally, it's like, well, we've got to crack on. We've got to have a go. And guess what? We've got a great group of players who who are more than capable of winning anything and everything, really. Yeah, there's a great bit of humour. It makes you smile when you hear that chant, doesn't it? Look, obviously, they didn't spend to the levels that perhaps a lot of us would have wanted in the transfer window. Canati was the man. But Liverpool have confirmed construction on this new 7,000 7, seat stand. So there are fans out there saying, well, look, hang on, how come you're spending, what is it, 60 million quid on a stand, but not not investing in the immediate infrastructure of the team? The bricks and mortar, they, they'll have spent, uh, FSG will have spent 220 million on the academy, new site for the training ground and the main stand as well. Uh, but obviously not the cash for the team at the moment. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a constant balance, that isn't it? I mean, I, I think if you tr- if you try and take you know st- take a step back and, and and don't let the sort of emotions grab hold of you, 
it's good that we've done what we've done with the ground. It's good that we've done what we've done with the training ground as well. And, you know, once upon a time, it, it felt like we were looking at a different drawing of a new Liverpool ground each season. You know, there was the, the what everyone called the Paddy Bowl, which was a, a bit a bit Bolton-esque. There was obviously the Hicks and Gillette version. There was rumours of, of ground shares. There was, there was various sites around Liverpool mooted as where Liverpool could end up. I'm absolutely delighted that we we stayed where we are because I think it, it keeps the romance around the club that so you know when you go to like I went to Main Road as a, as a younger fan and when I go to Man City now I sort of miss Main Road I liked Main Road I liked that it was a bit moody I liked that it was an old school ground I liked where it was in the city and that you were running the gauntlet a little bit getting in and out and where it is now is just a little bit soulless for me so. I wouldn't have wanted Liverpool to do something like that. I like the idea that I can stand in my spec on the cop and, and go, that's where Gerrard scored that goal from against Olympiacos. That's where, you know, Michael Owen did this, Robbie Fowler did that, you know, whatever it might be, all the things I've seen in my time going to the match. And you wouldn't have had that if we'd have moved somewhere else. I'm sure they would have tried to have added, you know, the character that, that they can do with new stadiums, put pitches around the edge of the ground, build statues, whatever it may be. But it's the same place though, and that, and for me that's special. So the idea that they've you know redone the main stand, now they're going to re- redo the Anfield Road. Obviously, as soon as they announce it, I absolutely love the fact they announce it, they confirm it, they say we're going to be cracking on with the work, and obviously there's like a thousand replies saying what about the cop? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> that's not good enough. That's <laughs> you yeah. Can't just do this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's the and that's the, that's the nature of us as fans. We're a demanding group. Let's be honest, and you know we're never happy. We always want more whatever that may be and I always thought you know stupidly perhaps that you know when we finally won the league perhaps we'd all calm down a little bit you know seeing that we'd waited 30 years for it but but we but we haven't have we no it just raises the expectation even further exactly exactly (laughs) now it's like well win it again then buy the best players why aren't we getting Mbappe all of that kind of thing but look we, we all love it it's part of football culture and football culture in the city and yeah ultimately I'm made up that, that they've done what they've done with the ground. Uh, I would like to see, of course, more money invested in the side. I think um, there's a quote from Kenny Dalglish from way back when where he said, you know, you shouldn't have money sitting in the bank, it should be on the pitch. And I think that always applies, really. Like, And look, we may well see be proven wrong in the future. Like Liverpool might move for someone in January or the summer where you say, OK, it makes sense now, I understand. I mean, they, they sort of did that with Van Dijk, didn't they, where... You know, we, we were all like, well, what happens now? And then we end up with Van Dyke. And then you look back with hindsight and say, well, I'm, I'm glad we waited for Van Dyke, to be honest. You know, because one of the mistakes of the past, I think, you know, certainly during Rafa's reign, was instead of signing your top target, you signed target number two, three, four, five, or six. And then guess what? They weren't as good. I mean, you know, I, I'll, I'll still go back to someone like Jermaine Pennant. For me, you know, he didn't. He didn't deserve to be a Liverpool player, and we only saw in flashes why he was even considered to be one. And then you read the stories that well, he was never top of the list. It was more well, you can have him or you can have nothing. So he went for him. Um, and I think maybe some lessons have been learned from that. But I still do think at times they are too conservative in terms of what they do with transfer business. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. 
Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, let's go back to how Liverpool have, have started the league. It's been impressive. What's it? What's impressed you most about this league campaign so far? That the players, the team, have have got a resilience that maybe we saw in that title-winning campaign. You don't want to get carried away, but m- no. maybe there's something similar there. Yeah, I think you're right, Steve. That's one of the things that stands out for me. Really, is the there's a real grit about about this group and about about the team, and you know the. We talked before just there about you know what what's motivating, what's keeping them going, what what's being said behind the scenes. I'm sure what's being said behind the scenes, as well as being a bit of an underdog, is let's go out and win this league again, and let's have the party that we should have done last time. You know, let's do it, let's do it with a full Anfield. Let's see what the city's like when you bring a title back. Because you know, Klopp, if you remember, obviously said, "Well, we'll have the party whenever we can have it." And then it, you know, COVID, pandemic, everything else lasted so long that actually by the time we could get back in the ground, already another team had won the title. So obviously you couldn't celebrate it then. So I, I think that's a motivation there. And I think they look they look really fired up for it. I mean, you look at Mo Salah's celebration uh, against Crystal Palace, and it was brilliant. And it was such a great moment to be in the cop and witness that because that was how I felt. I, I wanted to whip my top off, uh, but unfortunately my torso isn't as good as Mo Salah's. But, you know... the. He, he, he was he was sort of it was one of those at one with the fans type moments where it was like you know it was a bit of a frustrating game but when Mo scores that goal you know it's won he knows it's won Palace knows it's won and it's like get in and and there is this you know Palace look Palace are a difficult side the physical they're a bit snide that you know they, they do all the the old tricks if you like and, and Liverpool dealt with all that fairly comfortably and handed a bit of that back with interest themselves so. I don't think some of the football they've played is some of the very best football you've ever seen from Liverpool or anything like that. But that's not what it that's not what it takes to win leagues. We know that you've got to dig in and just get results week after week. And they look like a group that can do that. That's what's impressed me most so far. It, it was interesting that win over Palace because obviously the back four were entirely changed from the the previous yeah. game. But I think it was the first time that one of the two fullbacks hadn't been involved, as in Robbo and Trent, in a league game for. God, I don't know, a couple of years. Since so, 2018. Yeah. Is that right? So there's, there's yeah. always this conversation, isn't there, about you know Liverpool thriving off them. And it, and it just showed something, a different element, I think, to that Liverpool side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, on the way up to the ground when the, when the team was announced and we saw that James Milner had stepped in because Trent was ill, a lot of my mates immediately went to their bookmakers' apps and uh, put a bet on James Milner to get booked because they were like, you know, Zaha's going to have him on toast. You know, Zaha got him sent off in in a previous fixture against Palace, and then you know, unfortunately, they were made to eat the words and they lost the bet, and that's why you never see it. It's why you never see a skimp bucky because J- James Milner was brilliant in the game. Yeah. You know, he he won everything. He was getting forward. He was linking up, and he you know he, he, you wouldn't believe the age of him given the performance he put in, and and on the on the other side as well, you know. I think um, Simakas has settled in really well. Uh, Kanate came in and did well. 
And it's just good to know that, you know, bearing in mind a lot of the gripes and groans are about Liverpool not having the necessary strength in depth. Already they've shown across these fixtures and the one in the League Cup that there seems to be a fair bit of strength in depth, actually. I mean, it's not going to be the draw with Chelsea that denies them winning the league, is it? It's going to be the games against the lower side. It's it's these fixtures against your Crystal Palaces. Once you get to April, May, April, May, that that's going to be what decides how far Liverpool have gone. Yeah, absolutely. You've got, you know, and they are games that in in fairly recent history, and perhaps too often at times under other managers, they were the games that we were dropping points in. Whereas you know Klopp's got the mentality and, and got the got the you know got the squad trained to such an extent that you know they are winning these fixtures no matter what's thrown at them. So you know you can win it with style, you can win it with grit, you can win it with fight. Loads of goals going in in and around set pieces as well, and that comes after obviously appointing someone else to work around that. So you know he's constantly looking for these marginal gains. So it just says to me you know we've obviously got a very clever backroom backed up by an excellent spine to the first team. And then, okay, you know, you can do your little graphs, you can do your little pieces of paper and say, well, look at Chelsea's squad and look at Man United's squad. And, look, and that that's fine. But if Liverpool just keep winning and Liverpool keep beating the lower teams and then it comes down to head-to-heads against those big clubs, well, I, I, I fancy Liverpool because... I think the atmospheres at Anfield have been brilliant so far this season. It's something we always reference. For some reason, it seems to get up the noses of, you know, opposition fans. But all good in my book. The the, the atmospheres have been brilliant. Really loud, you know, noticeably loud. You know, I, I think everyone's glad to be back. And if we can get this momentum going, this train going, where we do start believing that we're going to win it. Like, I, you know, that song, there's some people that you mentioned before, Steve, some people like it, some people don't. There's little arguments about what it means and should we be singing it. But I I like the idea that in there is the idea of winning the league because let, let, let's, let's have fun with this. Let's get behind the Reds. Let's, you know, revoke that spirit of 13-14 where we're going to every game going, this is going to be exciting. This is going to be great because we are watching one of the best incarnations of Liverpool Football Club in a lifetime. So why why wouldn't you enjoy it? I absolutely love that chant. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. <laughs> um, well, what about a, a strong... What does a strong start mean? You go back two seasons ago, what, they won 26 of the first 27, yeah. and things can be different for different campaigns, can't they? But but I think if you, if you probably look through history, teams that have a really strong start stand a much better percentage chance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you'll be, you know, the same as me, Steve. You remember the old cliche of it being a, a marathon, not a sprint. But that's been twisted on its head now, and I think it's a it's a series of sprints and not a marathon. You you've got to come out the blocks now mm. because such is the quality of the the teams you're up against, the likes of Chelsea and Man City. That you know, if you come out the blocks and maybe get a, a couple of draws or whatever, you know, very quickly you've lost the momentum. You know, you're a couple of points behind. That can grow and grow, and then when you when you go into those head to heads. Then all of a sudden the little gaps opened up. I mean, I'm already thinking about well, City have dropped points in two games, haven't they already? Uh, they're playing Chelsea this weekend. We're playing them very soon as well. You know, is it beyond the realms to say that in not very long, City is virtually out the title race? <laughs> you know? I mean, it's a. I, I get why people might say that's a wild shout, but equally. You know, City in the past to me have looked a little bit psychologically weak when there's a really strong opponent. You know, you mentioned that 26 wins. You know, the, we had the title won by Christmas there, essentially. You know, when we went to Leicester and we won 4-1 and we were absolutely brilliant, 
I think the rest of the league went, that's done. And and that and that's how it looked from there on in. So you, you can sort of destroy the collective spirits of other clubs with, with your form, and that's what I'm hoping Liverpool can do this time around. Uh, we shall see, of course. That might come back to bite me. Uh, I don't mind if it does. Uh, but right now, that's how it looks to me. I, I think Liverpool are on a roll. Liverpool are it, it, you know, winning, 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 finding a way every time. And I think that's going to continue. You, you've just said, I think, what we're all thinking. We're all thinking ahead to the City game already. I know, yeah. there's, I know there's Brentford, I know there's Porto. But let's face it, we're looking at the start of October and thinking this could be an absolutely crucial psychological, a damaging physical blow to Man City if Liverpool can win that game at Anfield. Absolutely. And, the, you know, they've got a few injuries. They've got a, a few players that are only recently back from injury. So... You know, fingers crossed our injuries don't come to cost us again. I mean, we've got... Got a few, a few, haven't we? Yeah, we've got a few at the minute and a few people are getting a little bit twitchy about midfield and I can understand why. But equally, you know, if, if Curtis Jones starts against Brentford, that is that is a very long way from being the end of the world because he's an excellent player and it, and he's he's got Premier League experience. I thought he's shown again against, albeit in the League Cup, he's shown his class there. And I'd have no problem with them stepping into midfield, but obviously you want to see some of the other lads, you know, not being out for a long time. We don't want the situation we had last season. But if Liverpool can get a good run in terms of keeping, you know, seventy percent say of the the first eleven fit and out there the majority of the time, they've they've, they've more than got a chance of winning the league and perhaps the league and something else. Because I mean, you know, I I think the way the league cup suddenly fell, you're looking at that going hang on. You know, we've got a, a favourable draw in the next round. You know, then you're into the last eight. And why not? You know, why why not try and win that as well? And and I think I, I think currently you can get about six to one on Liverpool to win the League Cup. And I was looking at that this morning thinking, that's not a bad flutter that. Hmm. I, I wonder whether the League Cup has sort of been revived in fans' minds as well, because and we'll we'll go now to that Norwich game and have a look at some of those who featured in it, because all of a sudden there is that question about how, how deep is Jurgen's squad? What's he got to call on? And then you get at least three youngsters making a name for themselves. Special night for some of Liverpool's young stars in that Carabao Cup win. So um, Gordon, Bradley, Morton, all getting their names up there in lights. And so Liverpool fans are now thinking, well, actually, maybe he has got a little bit more depth than we actually thought. Yeah, I mean, it's vital that they get those minutes. You know, the League Cup's much derided. But I think you saw the other night, you know, the value of it because you know those lads have all of a sudden now, as well as being promising and all that, which we knew anyway, they've now played in front of a proper crowd, a proper away end under the floodlights on the telly. You know, they're getting a bit of media coverage, they're getting a bit of fuss, they're getting the manager talking them up. So how do they now cope with that? That's not the same. That's, that's nothing. That's a world away from under 23s football. So you know it's. For that reason, it is vital. And then all of a sudden now, you know, I mean, I, I really enjoyed uh, being me, uh, Tyler Morton, m- more than anyone else, really. Just because I really love the way a lad steps into the into the team like that. He's putting his foot in. He's throwing himself around. He's barking out orders to, you know, senior professionals. And and he's re- for me, he really took his chance there. Um, I think with Gordon, we knew about his quality and, and everyone's still raving about the, the ball he threads through in midfield, which I think was probably his, the highlight of the, the little moments he had on the night. And then and then Bradley, look, he gives away the penalty and it's a bit naive, isn't it? But he showed a depth of character to bounce back from that. I think, you know, under the floodlights and under the spotlight and everything else, if you've done that, I think he would have been ve- feeling very hot in that moment, flushed cheeks and all the rest of it, knowing he's made a mistake. 
But, you know, he's shown that he's able to get beyond those emotions and put in a solid performance for the rest of the game. And again, that that, that bodes really well. It's impossible not to have a bit of a connection with Tyler, isn't it? Wallacey lads, barely put a, a foot wrong when he came on, brave on the ball, trusted, and, and actually time on the ball as well, which you probably don't expect for a for a young player. But if you can do that in that sort of environment, wow, you've made a big step. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can remember, obviously it didn't quite work out the way he wanted for, for Jay Spear and but I think there was shades of that, you know, I, I always remember when Jay played against Real Madrid and, you know, and I, and he was doing similar in terms of, you know, barking orders out, shouting at, you know, much more senior players and stuff like that. And I'm, I got to talk to him about it once and I said, you know, was that crossing your mind that you're shouting at those players and who they are? And he was like, no, that's just how I play football. And it, it, I didn't cross me. And I was like, well, fair play to you. Again, it's mentality, isn't it? it, it it's not being overawed by the opposition or you, who you're playing with or anything like that. And I thought, you know, Morton the other night looked like he was sort of made of something similar in that he's not going to be overawed by it. And, and that, that's sort of half the battle. Do you reckon there's more pressure on a on a Cade Gordon? You know, if you're the uh, the future of the front line sort of thing, it, yeah. does it stack up a bit heavier on your shoulders already? You know, when you go online and there's this mini Mo Salah references, yeah. You know, whereas Tyler and you know those other lads, all right, they're in the spotlight, but maybe not quite to the same extent. Yeah, I mean, I did think about the Gordon stuff in that. I think surely the club must think he can cope with all of that. Because you had the manager, for instance, and you had uh, Pep Linders talking them up publicly. And I think if for any reason they felt that he would sort of wilt under the spotlight, I, I think surely they don't talk him up in that manner. They try and keep it on the down low a little bit. But instead, you know, they talk them right up. And I think that's because they think he's got the character to cope with it. And, you know, there was a piece on The Athletic, of course, as well, going into detail about how he was signed his family, his background, the fact that his, his brother's a professional footballer as well. And and all of it felt really good to me when I was reading it. I was thinking, well, this sounds like a lad who's, you know, he's, he's got the right, he's, he's got a good family around him. And again, you know, that often with footballers feels half the battle. Similar with Harvey Elliott, isn't it? In that, you know, you know about his dad, you know that his family's moved up here with him and they live with him and he's, he's got that support bubble, if you like, around him. Feels like Gordon's got that as well. But you're right to say that, of, co- of course, because he's a flair player, because he can take players on, thread a through ball, score a goal, inevitably that means more pressure on him and more headlines and all the rest of it. But those lads who are good at that stuff, they love all that, though, don't they, secretly? They love all that. They want to be in the headlines. They want to be in the spotlight. You don't learn those tricks unless you've got a bit of ego going on in the first place. Like, if you're a bit inverted, you know, a bit quiet or whatever, you're the lad who learns to be a right-back. You know, you're not a lad who learns to be a winger or a striker. So I, I think you'll be all right. They, they play up to it. Look, you mentioned special tricks. We've got to mention uh, Quivine Kelleher's Rabona penalty save. <laughs> I mean, Superb. how stupid's that? A Rabona penalty save. I mean, yeah, I had to watch it twice. I was thinking, how's he done that with his legs? I'm not even sure. He probably knew after, did he? I know that was that was unbelievable. It's one of those ones where you know social media and and a million and one replays on TV allows you to see something that you definitely definitely would have gone and miss in the ground, 
And yeah, it was superb, wasn't it? It gave us all a laugh. I'm sure it's not something he's practiced. I think it was just sort of it happened. Uh, but 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 it's a good it's a good little thing to be able to say. I'm sure you know in in his his circle with his friends, he's he's sending that one to them all, saying, "See the way I saved that penalty." <laughs> yeah, I meant it. I meant that, lads. Yeah. <laughs> right. A couple of other names from uh, from the game. One's uh, Takumi Minamino. Two goals. Second was brilliant, wasn't it? Almost sort of dragged it into the net. And, and Divock Origi as well. What's your thoughts on the on the future, Gareth, for the, for these two lads? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm honestly delighted in terms of how it's sort of gone for them early season because I think we all thought they were out the door. I think Liverpool made no secrets of the fact that they would have accepted the right offer for for uh, Divock Origi, so it's been hawked around, touted around for a while. He didn't go anywhere. He stayed, and then of of course wasn't even in some of the match day squads at the start of the season. So it looked like the writing was on the wall. And then, you know, absolutely fair play to him. I mean, he starts that AC Milan game. I think we were all sort of doing a bit of an ironic laugh almost when we saw him in the lineup. We're like, what's he going to be doing today? And then next minute, he's, you know, a, a delightful dink for Mo to score a goal. And I thought it was lovely in that AC Milan game that he, you know, he, he got serenaded by the cop and all that kind of stuff because I just thought it must it must be tough for Divock here. Let's let, let's have it right. Do you know what I mean? He, 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 the right move for him obviously hasn't come up, and then to just stick around knowing that you know the manager tried to get rid of you, that you're not in these match day squads. But you know, by all accounts, he's put it in in training. He's shown the right attitude, and he's got his chance. And look, he's been taking his chance, hasn't he? Great against AC Milan with that assist, as I mentioned. Another assist, albeit um, a bit of a mad assist uh, against Norwich with his nose or something, um, <laughs> and then and then a goal. And and so you know, great stuff. All of a sudden, now you're like, well, maybe Divock can provide something maybe he can come off the bench maybe he can start at times and maybe he can get us a few goals so delighted for him and with Minamino I, I always thought since we bought him really and, and, and when he was on loan at Southampton I always thought there was something there what I worried about personally worried about him was was he just a bit lightweight really you know could he take it take a batter and that you do get in the Premier League but I noticed in the in the friendlies actually when we had the back-to-back friendlies at Anfield before the season started he looked a bit stronger to me he looked like maybe he'd been you know on a bit of a weights program or something like that and I thought well hang on you know he might have a chance if he if he's improved his strength there and then look he does he does great those finishes as you mentioned Two class goals for me because you know not everything has to be from thirty yards and in the postage stamp. The second one was really clever. It was almost I said this on a, on something on the Anfield rap before, and you've got to put the caveat in. I said I am not comparing him for a moment to Ian Rush, but the way he finished it in that moment to, to just be able to see to, to to be that cleverness to just get it in in that manner was Ian Rush esque. It was a bit poachery, you know what I mean? And I I really enjoyed that goal. Are you spot on? Uh, no, no one's suggesting that you're thinking he's, he's in rush at this stage. But I think he's decent. I, do you know in that Osasuna game pre-season, That's I, I thought this lad's going to have a big chance, yeah. big opportunity. It's not materialised. You can only presume that's something to do with how he's seen in training or you know, something Jürgen's picked up on there. But Pep Linders insists he's still very much part of the future. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn, so it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. 
Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm going to throw one at you here. If you're going to pick out a player that isn't Mo Salah, isn't Henderson... Isn't Van Dyke and isn't Allison? So a player that's going to have a really significant role in Liverpool having a successful season. Who would you go for after after those four? Okay, well, all fingers crossed um, because it, it's all boiling down to his fitness. But Joel Matip, um, because I think he's Great been ab- shout. he's been absolutely brilliant so far this season, and I, I love everything about him. I love the way he plays the game. I love his character. I love that he's a bit quirky. Um, and, and look, he's been unfortunate with injuries. And football being football, you get a reputation, don't you? That's the way it works. And I think he's had a bit of a reputation as being a bit lightweight, too easily injured, all of those kind of things. But he's been brilliant for us this season. And when you think about that, you know, you've got Joe Gomez back to fitness. You've signed the centre-half for Big Muddy. And then there's Joel Matip starting week in, week out, next to Van Dijk and looking absolutely brilliant. And I think... You know, everyone talked about a lot about Van Dyke being a playmaker from from Liverpool's back four, and you know, there's Arteta referenced it that time. I think where he said, you know, you can you can stop all Liverpool's avenues, and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got Van Dyke playing forty and fifty yard passes that start to move. No one references Joel Matip, and he's been a brilliant playmaker for Liverpool from the back. It almost feels like opposition are like, oh yeah, let him have it. You know, he looks a bit mad. Him, his legs are too long, or whatever. And then he's strolling into midfield, going past players, laying off beautiful balls. And I, I think he's absolutely class, Joel Matter. If we can keep him fit all season, he will play a huge part in Liverpool winning something. There's a madness to the sense that it's taken five years to get to this point where all of a sudden there's a there's a mass appreciation of Joel Matter. Yeah, no, there is. Yeah, you're quite right, Steve. I think when we first got him. I think as well that, you know, he doesn't come with much fanfare, does he? He comes from Schalker and it's on a free and it's just a bit like, oh, right, okay. You know, no one's no no one's going to town and having a party because you'd signed Joel Matip at that stage. And then, you know, there's the injury situation. I think there was a bit of a, a thing that grew around him that he wasn't quite sort of strong enough, that he didn't have that fighting spirit, if you like, at first. But he's certainly grown into all of that. And, you know, there's... 
he's arguing the toss all the time with referees. He, he, you know, he, if you watch him, he, he doesn't mind a little word with the opposition player. He's a bit, bit needly on the sly. Um, but he also seems like a good lad. I mean, we've seen all that stuff with, with Van Dyke pre-season where he, Van Dyke wore a Joel Matip t-shirt and Joel Matip wore a Van Dyke t-shirt and all that. And, and, and you know, Van Dyke seems to love him. And, and he gets on with people and all the rest of it. And that that's a, that's a big deal as well. So, yeah, I, I think the the Joel Matip Appreciation Society is now um, a, a good few thousand strong, whereas once upon a time it definitely didn't exist. And you're, you're the director of it, Gareth. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Final shout then to Liverpool do it this season. Yeah, you sound like you believe, you know, you're, you're firmly on. You almost sound a bit like, to me, if we went back to 2013-14 and... And that you know that that train we were all on that campaign. Yeah, yeah, it does it does feel like that for me. And that you know we haven't started this coming into the season. I think I was optimistic and I was thinking we can challenge. And I'm still in the same place. But because all the outside forces, if you like, are constantly telling us Liverpool can't win it, they can't possibly win it. They did no transfer uh, business of note really beyond Canate, all of that kind of thing. You know that gets in your head a little bit, and you and and so you start to think, doubt yourself, and you're like, but but no, I I am imagining the other side of that doubt and saying Liverpool have got every chance in every competition. Like I, you know, the other week I wouldn't have been particularly bothered about the League Cup, but I'm on the train for that now. Like I, I, I really want to go to Preston away. I'd, if we get another easiest draw after that, you're obviously fanciers. There's loads of Premier League sides that have been drawn together. So obviously, you know, a few of them are going out. Man United are already out. Everton are already out. And it's like, you know, let's win that as well. You know, that'd be that. Let's have a trip to Wembley early next year. That'd be fantastic. Why not? So. Yeah, I think we've got every chance. All, all I ask for always, to be honest, Steve, is that we're in, we're in the mix, that we've got a chance when it comes to sort of April, May. And I think Liverpool are 100% in the mix when it comes to April, May. And, and look, might might be out of sight. We'll see what happens with City, see if I'm right about their, uh, you know, their collective mindset, see how they get on against uh, Chelsea and Liverpool. I want them to be singing that chant come... Uh... December, January. Yeah. I just wanted to keep going the entire season. <laughs> Gareth, absolute top man. The Anfield Rap still doing some brilliant work at the moment. Check it out, everyone. Uh, Gareth Roberts there, our guest on the Red Agenda uh, Extra. Thank you, Gareth. Cheers, Steve. And, uh, of course, after the weekend, because the football's thick and fast, uh, we'll be previewing the Porto game and looking back at the Brentford game when the Red Agenda returns. See you then. <laughs>